0: what are some of the main areas you focus on in terms of like trying to explain to people why you have major problems with the official story of 9-11 yes well the uh the first um step in that direction is to recognize that the official reports both the the 9-11 commission report and the NIST reports on the World Trade Center of destruction are demonstrably false. I mean, the 9/11 Commission report is false in many ways. But as we learn more going forward, we learn that its its basis is is largely fictional. I mean, the the 9/11 Commission report was built on FBI and CIA cables and memoranda, right? And it was also also based on torture testimony. Testimony, you know. Additionally. Uh, the uh, executive director of the 9 11 Commission, Philip Zelikow, who's known to be a, a, a mythologist and a Bush insider, he wrote the, the outline of the report before the investigation began. And uh, ultimately, the report has very little to say about the day of 9 11, only chapters 1 and 9, about 90 pages out of the nearly 600 pages of the report have anything to do with what happened on 9-11. Most of it is about the myth of, Al- of Al-Qaeda, you know, what to do about Al-Qaeda. But I've, I've learned over the years also that there's, there's even more striking issues. Uh, for example, there's this, this detainee at Guantanamo Bay named Abu Zubaydah, uh, who was the first uh, prisoner captured and tortured. He was waterboarded 83 times which just in itself you must ask yourself, is that for gaining of information or, or something else? But in any case, um, the CIA learned that he didn't really have anything to do with al-Qaeda. The problem with that is already by that time, the 9-11 Commission Report is built almost entirely on his, or at least started with his testimony. He's the guy who identified Khalid Sheikh Mohammed as the architect of 9-11, he identified Ramzi bin al-Sheib. And then they went from there and they captured these people and they tortured these people. And um, But if you look through the report and understand that he was such a strong uh, uh, base of evidence for the 9-11 Commission report, you wonder why in 2009, under his habeas corpus petition, his attorneys were told that the government no longer believes that he had anything to do with al-Qaeda. He was never... A member of Al-Qaeda and never claimed to be and I talked to his lawyers about it and they said yeah this is this is open knowledge now it's it's since then been reported in mainstream news so this guy who never had anything to do with Al-Qaeda if you look at all the things they said about him as the top lieutenant and all this and identifying the all the all the plotters he couldn't could not have known any of that that's just it's 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 astounding Another astounding uh, part of the 9-11 Commission Report is that, you know, they gave us over the years at least four different explanations for how the air defenses failed. You know, we began with, uh, you know, we didn't uh, scramble any jets. And then then NORAD people started saying, yes, we did. We were notified by FAA. We have documented evidence that we were notified. They gave this testimony in, in U.S. Senate hearings. For example, the NORAD commander Ralph Everhart stated in a U.S. Senate hearing that they had documented evidence that FAA notified them; they scrambled it, uh, jets, and uh, and for multiple multiple flights. In the end, though, the 9/11 Commission report, just astoundingly, states that for years, for three years, everybody in the U.S. military was lying or mistaken about. The air defense response. And it, to me, that's just unbelievable that people don't recognize that the official report given the story of 9-11 is that everyone, hundreds of people interviewed, they wrote books about it, about the planes being tracked, about you know the jets being scrambled. But all of that, according to the 9-11 commission report, was false because they said there was no notification for Flight 175 or Flight 93 or Flight 77, which contradicts everything that was said before. So these are just two uh, examples. Um, You know, the Joint 9-11 Inquiry came up with uh, this, uh, finally uh, released these 28 missing pages. You may recall a few years ago they released the 28 missing pages. This was the original investigation that was just based on intelligence failures run by the Congress. And what came out of that was, was interesting, even though some of it was already known. There was a lot about uh, uh, Omar al-Bayomi and, and uh, Osama Basnan, these guys that were kind of helping the hijackers in San Diego. Um, but what people may not have noticed is that these guys were working with the Saudi Arabian cultural mission and why that's important to me is the Saudi Arabian Cultural Mission, which was being run by Prince Bandar at the same at, at that time. People called him Bandar Bush because he was such, so close to the Bush family. He was the ambassador to the United States. So the Saudi Arabian Cultural Mission had their offices in the Watergate Hotel. And a, and a very interesting company called Stratesec held their company meetings in those exact offices, as they were leased by Saudi Arabia, which leads to these characters who ran this security company called Stratisec, And one guy's name is Wart Dexter Walker, whose father was a CIA operative. And the other guy's Barry McDaniel, who was uh, uh, from BDM International, came from a, a Carlisle company group and happened to have a lot of knowledge about military ordnance because he worked in the army in that regard. And, you know, the more you look into these guys, the more you, you see they look very much like deep state operatives. And, uh, you know, Ward Dexter Walker had a history that looked very much like Ted Chackley's, uh, you know, working with the uh, Kuwaitis, running security companies. He was flagged for, by the SEC for insider trading. The 9-11 Commission and FBI never even interviewed people who were flagged for 9-11 insider trading. So it, it just goes on and on. And, you know, after 20 years, I can tell you there's so much to, to investigate. There's so much to look into. And there's so much that just in a glaring way states that, that something happened on 9-11 that was what uh, academics like yourself would call a structural deep event, I think. Not just for the fact of its impact, but because it, it's like a deep, deep state operation in it. It looks more and more like that as I look into it, even after all this time. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. Empire.